You're listening to Canada Now with Jeff Samet on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Well, what's being done in the labs regarding COVID-19? Medical Laboratory Professionals Association of Ontario CEO Michelle Hode joins us on Canada Now. And Michelle, you know, in the, the long list of people that we should be most thankful for during this very difficult time, lab workers amongst them are doing everything they can to discover more about what we are dealing with, figuring out a cure, of course, and, and all the while putting themselves at risk. I have to tell you that on behalf of uh, 6,300 medical lab technologists and over 5,000 lab professionals, assistants, and technicians, that is probably the best and best thing we have heard in the last six weeks. We are definitely an unappreciated group, and it's unfortunate that we come to light and people are interested in what we do during a pandemic. Well, you know, I, you guys are, uh, you know, they're all behind closed doors. They're all in their labs. They're working hard. They're they're not out in the open. So, unfortunately, they can be forgotten, and they shouldn't because if, uh, you know, when we get out of this thing and we return to quote-unquote normal, eventually it'll be because of everybody that's working inside the lab uh, for getting us there. And, and as it pertains to the labs... And in lab work, this is a this is a, a, a massive question. But what do we know about COVID nineteen so far, and, and and do we know everything? Because it feels like um, this this virus is an iceberg, and we can only see what's kind of peeking out of the water. Um, I can definitely give you sort of the lab perspective. So this is from what we understand: um, a virus needs to get into your body, and when it does, it gets inside your cells. So with COVID-19, what it does is it actually gets into your sinuses. That's why they do the nasal swabs. And, um, and I think you've probably heard they're, they're doing some throat swabs as well. And they do the throat swabs because usually a sore throat is your first symptom. But the nasal swab is the best one. Um, so what happens is when that test is done, it's sent to the lab. And then the lab then needs to find out, um, they need to see if um, the sample has been infected. And so they do a test called polymerase chain reaction. So I'm not going to get too technical, but pretty much what they look for are specific pieces of viral genetic material called sequences. So they pretty much take a strand of your RNA and they actually try to see if the virus is in there. And that's about as simple as I can explain it. The hard thing is it takes anywhere from to get results, you know, best case scenario is four hours. Turnaround time in Ontario right now is 24 hours to, to up to seven days, and there's lots of reasons for that. Well, in in building up this system of testing, uh, what can get lost is there are people that have to be trained to do this uh, as the the network, the, the team continues to grow, the, the testing team. There's also... Uh, red tape to go through. It's not as if you could just collectively decide, okay, we're doing this now. Well, no, that's that's got to go through some red tape. That's got to get approval. This entire process really takes time. This is, you know, we are venturing through uncharted waters here. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. So I think um, the bottleneck here in Ontario has been for us. So, so the COVID-19 test was being done originally at four public health labs in Ontario. So there were four places, Toronto, Kingston, Ottawa, 
and Hamilton. And so as it grew larger, there are larger healthcare centers. So in Ontario, we're talking St. Joe's in Hamilton, Sunnybrook in Toronto, large healthcare centers that actually have the machine or instrumentation to be able to do the test. But the process to get that up and running means they need to apply to the ministry to get the approval. And then the ministry says, yep, you've got to go ahead. And then they get into their lab. They need to get all the protocols set up properly, um, the way public health will advise them to do. They need to get their medical lab technologists. Those are the folks that actually do the test, trained on how to run the test. Then once they have the process set up, then they have to validate everything. They validate that process. And then once they start testing, there's still a certain percentage of tests that need to go back to public health for validation. So um, I kind of looked at it as it's almost like an hourglass issue. So at the top end of March, we had a whole bunch of tests coming in only to four labs here in Ontario. And that's where our bottleneck was. Now, currently, we're in the, oh, the last week of March. We have almost 12 to 14 additional healthcare centers starting to do those tests. So that hourglass is starting to, to open up a little bit. But yeah. now we run into other issues which is shortage of reagents. We run into PPE protective for our staff. There's all these other, you don't expect that you're going to get thousands and thousands of COVID-19 tests, you know, in March of 2020. So there's other issues that are sort of the scenes are starting to bust in different areas right now. Sure. And I'm glad you mentioned all that because what, what can get lost as well is that not all labs are equipped to test for COVID-19 uh, is uh, only a handful, as as you've talked about. And when you look at the big uh, province that is Ontario, are we eventually going to see home tests, Michelle? Are we a ways away from that even happening? Is that something that would come into fruition when we're all beyond um, social distancing and, and self-isolation? That is definitely looking forward into the future. Um, not that is anything on our plan right now. I think we are, we're right now we're focused on, you know, trying to get, here's a number for you. Half a million lab tests get done every day in Ontario, and those do not include COVID-19 tests. Mm. So if you think of that, there's 228 labs and specimen collection centers in Ontario. There are thousands of lab professionals running half a million lab tests every day. And right now their focus is let's get the COVID-19 tests in, let's get them done, let's get the results out. That's their focus right now. And they're doing it understaffed. They are coming into work every day to an environment that they are protected, but nobody wants to go into work these days, but these folks get up every day and go. And I've spoken to a few, I've had a few email me today, and they're still doing it with grace, and they're still doing it so in such a way that it, it makes you almost proud to know that there is, we call them hidden heroes, because no one sees them, but they are back there working really hard to get it done. And, and there are some staff members that have postponed their retirement to, to help figure this out. Absolutely, there has. I think today, just alone uh, to our social media pages, we had four requests just this morning of retired 
um, lab professionals who say, you know what, can I come back? Can I help? How can I help? So actually what we're advising sort of the community is if you have a healthcare background and you would like to come back and help in that capacity, the best thing to do is actually approach your, your closest healthcare center and advise them of your experience. And if they can use you in a volunteer position, they will do that. Well, and that's wonderful. And boy, are we eternally grateful uh, for those that have reached out that want to be able to help in this time. You know, you mentioned all the testing that's being done in all the labs around Ontario. And obviously, it's all hands on deck when it comes to COVID-19. So there is other testing that's being done for, for other diseases. I, I mean, you know, look at uh, like cancer, diabetes. Those those tests haven't necessarily been pushed off to the side. Those are still being done? Yep. Every it's, it's business as usual for them. I had a conversation just this weekend and I was trying to provide a perspective of what it's like to work at the lab. Imagine if you go to work every day and you've got a job that's eight to 12 hours and there's certain things you do every day and then you're going to start showing up and let's say you're processing, I'm just going to hypothetically pick a number and say a hundred tests a day. Now the expectation is you have thousands of more tests that need to get processed and you still only have a certain period of time, but you still got to get it done. What's the relationship like Michelle, between labs and hospitals, is there any kind of of disconnect, or is it uh, for the most part harmonious? It's definitely harmonious. So when we talk about, um, so most labs, most hospital labs are located within the hospital. The relationship's very good. Um, they all work in partnership. Um, and at this time, a time of a pandemic, everybody really needs to work together. Um, that a lot of the feedback I'm getting now is there's really a sense of camaraderie with like, how can I help you? How can you help me? An example is the shortage of PPE, which is protective um, equipment in the hospital. There's been a call put out. I belong to a consortium of all healthcare professionals, um, nurses, um, physiotherapists, and there's a call um, put out saying, if you have any extra equipment or things you aren't using, are you willing to donate it to the hospital? So, a lot of healthcare teams are actually starting to work a lot tighter and more connected and more collaboratively because of this. Uh, and that's great. Uh, and you especially need that at this time right now. How many individuals does it take to to make up a lab tech team? It depends. Um, there, there are lab sizes of three people up in like northern communities to the size of 450. So it depends on the catchment area that they're actually supporting. Okay. All right. So knowing who is on the front lines of this worldwide crisis, Michelle, how confident are you? I have to tell you that uh, these lab professionals um, that, that I know, I know cause I've seen them. Like one of the things I do um, in my position is I actually go out and visit them. So I try to show up and do a continuing education session, buy them some pizza, just see how they're doing. And over the last two years, I've been able to speak to almost 2,500 different lab professionals. And I have to tell you, this group of people is very different that, than your regular person. They are analytical. They are dedicated. They will do whatever it takes to get a job done. And I, I am I feel really good about the group that's out there doing this testing that they'll be able to address the backlog and that we're going to be sitting here in a couple of months from now looking back saying, wow, we really got this. 
That's great. Uh, it's very comforting to hear, I'm sure, for all of our listeners. How can we learn more, Michelle, about the Medical Laboratory Professionals Association of Ontario? We actually, thank you for asking that. We actually launched um, a web uh, a web page on our website. So our website is mlpao.org. And we launched an initiative called MedLab Thanks. So it allows the public to go to our website and actually post a thank you to the lab professionals that are working. And we have encouraged them that when they're on a break, um, when they come home and they need a break and they want to feel appreciated to visit this web webpage and see the thanks. So if your listeners have a moment and are able to kind of visit our page and just post a thank you, maybe specific to the area they live to live in in Ontario, what hospital they're going to, it would go a long way just by posting a simple thanks. Absolutely. Give out the, the website again. It's uh, www.mlpao.org. And there's a COVID-19 button. If you click on that, they can go in there and post their thank you. Excellent. Will do. CEO Michelle Hode, I really appreciate this, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.